weeks, and we will be in this for six weeks. We're going through the entire book of Galatians. It's called a book, but it's actually an ancient letter. It's an ancient writing that Paul wrote to the churches of Galatia, which would be modern-day Turkey area of the world, to give you kind of a, a little bit of a hint of where it is that we're talking about. And he sent this letter there to correct because after he left and planted the church, then some people came in behind him, and we learned this the first week from the first chapter, that there were people who came in behind Paul and said, yeah, Jesus is great, that's good, and you need Jesus plus a surgery, and then you're okay. And what we learned, and if you weren't here the first Sunday, I would encourage you, you need to listen to that podcast because it's a very foundational message to faith in Jesus, and it's very foundational for our church of what we believe, uh, what the Bible teaches, that, that no, it's not Jesus plus this or Jesus plus that, it's Jesus plus nothing, right? It's just Jesus. How many are glad for that? It's just, just Jesus and, and, and just Jesus alone. And so uh, we learned that the very first week. And then last week, we talked about the living dead, right? The living dead. And uh, what we talked about last week is Paul said, you want to overcome temptation? You want to overcome bad habits? You want to overcome things in your life? Then you need to live dead. And so last Sunday was a very powerful Sunday uh, of Paul's teaching on living dead and how to pull that off. Well, today we're going to look at what Paul talks about in regard to how did you get what you've got? Have you ever looked at somebody and asked them, how'd you get that? And especially some people, you're like, how did you get that? Might put the emphasis a little bit different. And so Paul comes to this thinking of, you know, some of you think that you pulled this off, and let me just square it up and help you out and help you know how you got what you received. And so today can be a very liberating message for some of you who maybe grew up with a different kind of of thinking. So we'll get to that in a moment. In the meantime, if you have a Bible, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 is where we'll start. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up on the screen. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? Now, let me just stop here and, and explain this because that, that sounds a little weird. And, and was he talking about magic or whatever? Well, the actual Literal translation, if we were try, trying to pull it into English and say it here today, would be, who has cast an evil eye on you? Now, how many of you had parents who could cast an evil eye on you? You know, uh, how many of you had parents that they didn't have to say anything? And maybe it was in church, you know, and they could be on the other side of the church, and you were on the other side, and you were cutting up with your friends or whatever, and kind of making a disturbance or whatever, and 
All of a sudden, you saw, okay, yep, done with that. You know. You know what I'm talking about? And so Paul says that this can happen in church. And maybe you've been to that kind of church where, where people are like, What does that pastor have on today? Does he not own a suit? Looks like a t-shirt. How can anybody be anointed in a t-shirt? Or maybe you went into a church and they were like, hmm, yeah, I know what you did last week or last year or where have you been? Wow, we haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> you ever been to that church? How many are glad you're not in that church today, right? You're not in that kind of church. So Paul says it's an evil eye on you for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you'd seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. And, and now here Paul begins to do a series of about six rhetorical questions. And these rhetorical questions are an ancient way of getting your point across. Now, maybe you use these too today, but it's actually an ancient form of communication to use these rhetorical questions to kind of get the other person to come around to what you're trying to communicate to them. And so he does that. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Well, of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Paul says, why, why are you trying to make this better? You know, and some people, maybe they, they look at you and they think, hmm, I don't think you pray as much as I do. I don't think you attend all the Bible studies I attend. When's the last time you read through your Bible? Did you witness to anybody this week? All kinds of measurements that we can use to show that our human effort is better than somebody else's. And this is why Paul says it's so important that you understand the true gospel. The true gospel is this, is that we're sinners. And how many sins does it take to make you a sinner? One, how many, let me illustrate it, how many murders does it take to be a murderer? Just one, right? And it's not like, well, this guy's not so bad, he only killed one. We don't do that. 
And so Paul says, no, we all fall into this category. Romans 3.23, he says, all have sinned. We've all missed the mark. We've all missed it. None of us are perfect. And, And it's a problem. It's a problem because God is perfect. And and so the problem is God wants to be a father to you. God wants to talk with you. God wants a relationship with you. We saw that the very first week. How then in Genesis, we were created to walk with God. We were created to have this intimacy, this sharing with God, this this two-way communication. And that's God's heart. That's what God longs for. But he can't have sin in his presence. The two can't coexist. Absolute holiness and unholiness. And so God saw this terrible dilemma and he says, I'm going to do something about it. And so what God did, seeing the dilemma, and this is where it gets different in religions, because other religions say, oh, you need to do something about it. And if you'll meditate enough, if you'll do these things enough, and every group's got their own list, you know, of what you need to do in order to get back in the good graces of deity. But Christianity is different. God looked down, saw your plight, saw your situation, and said, you can't do anything about it. You're hopeless, you're helpless, but the good news is, I'm all-powerful, and I'm going to do something about it. And so God came down in the form of man. This is the best news you've ever heard, is that Jesus took your sin upon himself and died with it on the cross. That's what he did. So he paid it all. He paid it in full. And and, and I don't know if you've ever had this experience or not. I had it just a few weeks ago. I was out with one of our guests that we had last month. And and we were in this restaurant talking and eating. And and then afterwards, at the end, the, the server came over and said, somebody paid your bill. And I said, oh, wow. They said, yeah, this guy, uh, he said he wanted to pay your bill. And I said, well, did he cover the tip? And she says, yes, he, he covered everything, just completely. And, and I thought, I should have brought my whole family. <laughs> but, but it was kind of, if you know, if you've ever had that experience, it's kind of a helpless feeling. It's like this guy paid for my food, and he didn't even get to enjoy it. He, he didn't even get to taste it. He didn't even get in on any of it, and, and all he did is just pay for it. And there was something where you, where you kind of feel like, well, can I just get the tip then? Can I at least do that? No, 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 it's already covered. Everything's covered. And see, this is the thing with Jesus. Everything's covered. He paid it in full. He covered all of it. There's nothing you can do about it. You can only accept it or reject it. That's the only thing you can do. So, so, in a sense, hell is a place where you go to pay your own bill. See, if you want to pay your own bill, 
That's, that's really what hell is about. But see, the good news is, is that Jesus already paid your bill. Look at this in verse 10, pulled up for me. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, now notice this, it's not God cursing you, you curse yourself. For it's written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the law. So with all of this, we, we, have, to, we have to obey the whole law. If you're going to live by the law, then you got to do it all. And James, the brother of Jesus, he comes along later, and here's what he says. He says, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point. So you just have to murder one person to be a murderer. He says, if you just stumble at one point, you're guilty of breaking it all. So you just, just have to mess up in one area. Let me, let me explain this and help you to understand the law. A couple of things that maybe you want to write down today. The first thing is, is the law could not be obeyed. It couldn't be obeyed. See, there's no matter how much you, you do good and, and you serve and you give and, oh, I don't only tithe, I give above the tithe. And I'm telling you, that serve day, that the church had, the other day, I was the first one to show up. I was the last one to leave. I'm always serving. I, that homeless thing, I'm going to serve that. I'll probably serve more than anybody else will. And you, you can do all those things. You, you can do all of that stuff. No amount of that good works. And I'm glad that you do good works. It's awesome to do that. But let me tell you something. Not any amount of it will cover sin. It, it won't do it. See, a lot of people believe in what I'm going to call it 51% heaven. 51% heaven. In other words, that's where if my good outweighs my bad. If I'm at least 51% good, I think I'll get in. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel bad for that person that just missed it. You know that one that's going to stand before God and he's going to say, oh, if you'd have just gone to church one more week, but go to hell If you'd have just helped one more person, if you just served one more person, but go to hell. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that being like that? No, it's not like that. Let me tell you something. If you miss heaven, it won't be by 49%. It'll be by 100%. And if you make it to heaven, it won't be by 51%. It'll be by 100% because of Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. It's the only way. It's the only way you're going to get in. And, and so Galatians chapter 3, verse 19, look at what Paul says. What then was the purpose of the law? So if we got all these commandments, what, what's the purpose of it? You know what the purpose of it is? Is to show how much you need God. To reveal to you, oh, whoa, 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 I need help here. And so you would look somewhere else. And so you would look 
somewhere higher. Galatians 3, 24 says, so the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come and we are no longer under the supervision of the law. And so the law, second statement is, the law leads us to Christ. See, when I, when I read those things and I know I don't measure up, and I need help in my life, then it eventually leads me to someone who can help. And this is help for the people who maybe were reared in a church where you never felt good enough. I've talked to many people that said, that's why I left church. I couldn't be good enough. You know, I, I always felt guilty. I always felt bad. I always felt like I'll never, I'll never measure up. I'll never measure up. Well, let me tell you some good news today. None of the rest of them could either. They were just better fakers than you, okay? Because we all need God. Hello? Those of you who, who have gone beyond that, just sit there and polish your halo, okay? Just... But all of us need God. And let me tell you something. When you do this right, when you come to God and you confess your sins and you come before him, let me tell you what happens. A miracle happens. A person who doesn't deserve anything from God gets everything from God. I call that a miracle. When, when a person who deserves hell gets eternal hope in heaven, that's a miracle. See, we love miracles where somebody gets healed, somebody jumps out of a wheelchair, somebody you know, gets healed of cancer, somebody's blind eyes are open and all. And I'm all for those miracles. Those are awesome. But I'm telling you, every time somebody gets baptized, when they go down in the water and come up, what they're saying is you are witnessing a miracle. It's a miracle. I'm washed, I'm cleansed, I'm forgiven. My name is written down in heaven, and I'm not 51% sure I'm going. I'm 100% sure that I'm going. And so Christianity is not learned behavior you know, to keep ourselves in line. It's not behavior modification. It's behavior transformation. Transformed by the power of God's Spirit that comes alive on the inside of us. Galatians 3.24 says it like this in the New Living Translation. The law was made our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. Notice, it's not you do right, you're made right. Because you can't do enough right. You have to be made right. And we need to know what grace is all about. What, what is grace? And listen, I don't want you to just know about grace. All right? That's not my purpose today. My purpose is not for you to know salvation and understand it. It is not for you to know grace. It is not for you to know about Jesus my purpose today is for you to experience grace, to experience forgiveness, to experience Jesus. Because if you'll experience Jesus, it changes everything. 
all right? It changes. How many know that? It changes everything when you experience it. It's, it's moving from the head to the heart, and, and that changes everything. And, and so it keeps me from having to be a spiritual policeman, you know, to where I'm like, what'd you do this week? Now, stop it. Stop it, stop it. Now, we'll see you next week. What'd you do this week? Same stuff. I said, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Quit doing that. We'll see you next week. Is that what it's all about? No, that is not the gospel. The gospel is if you come into contact with the ever-living Jesus who walked out of the tomb victorious over death, hell, and the grave, if you'll just come into contact with him, if you'll just receive him into your life, into your spirit, you will be changed. How many know that? It happened to you, right? It can happen to others as well. So I want to share with you about grace. And Rick Warren wrote uh, these in acrostic fashion. So we're just going to steal from Rick today and share these things because I think it's as simple as it can get. And I'm telling you, the grace of God is simple. It is simple. Here's the first thing to write down is grace is a free gift. It's a free gift. Galatians 3.18 says, For if the inheritance, inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not result, be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. It's a gift. A gift is something you don't earn. Right? See, it's like if... Who can I pick on? Stan, you're sitting here. Uh, you know, what if I came to Stan and I said, hey, Stan, I just want to give you a gift. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to give me a gift. And I said, no, I insist. I, I want you to have this. Here's your gift. I'm giving it to you. Well, you know, we don't know that Stan deserved it, earned it or anything. Just, just it's about me wanting to give it to him. But if Stan were working this week and he worked 40 hours, let's say, and he only got paid for 30, how many know he'd be visiting HR, you know? And saying, hey, uh, I don't know what happened here, but there must be something that, that's off because I worked 40 hours, but I'm only getting paid for 30, and I deserve for 40. I earned for 40. See, I earned it. And the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. See, I earned it. I earned death. I deserved it. I earned it. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I didn't deserve it. He shouldn't have given it to me. I don't know why that he did, but he just loved me enough. He, he, he loved me so much that he gave it for me. And let me tell you something. That's exactly what God has done for you. You don't deserve it, but he gives it to you Anyway, sin had to be paid for. It, the bill had to be paid, but Jesus stepped in and paid it for you. That's why he said, it is 
finished. It's paid for. And if you really understand the grace of God, I'm telling you, it'll change your life because he's come to give you life. Not just rules. See, a lot of religions say, oh, good, you're, you want to be with us? Here's our rules. Here's our rituals. And Jesus said, no, I didn't come to give you rules and rituals. I came to give you life and life to the full. And that's what we're supposed to have. That's what he's bought for us. Here's the second thing to write down. Is grace is received by faith. It's received by faith. Galatians 3, 7, Paul says, the real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. You put your faith. Now, faith is not just believing. See, a lot of us think, well, faith, that means I believe. No. There, there are a lot of people that say they believe. But here, here's where, that, that's really not the direct interpretation of faith. Faith is I trust. I have trust in you. I really have faith in you because I trust you. And to come to faith in God is to say I've put my trust in God. I trust him with my life. I trust him with my future. Jesus said like this, demons believe in God and they tremble. And so it's not important that you believe in God, it's that you trust in God. You trust him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. If you're here and now in this place and you've never really come around to hearing this before, I am so glad you're here. You are in the right place today. But here's what I want you to know. Being here is not enough. I'm glad you're here, but being here is not enough. That's not what God has for your life, just to be here, to show up here. What God has for you is more than that. It's life and life to the full. And when that happens, it's when you cross the line. You remember that? You remember that day? You remember when you crossed over? You know, when it went from your head to your heart? Do you remember when it was more than just my mom and dad's church? It's my mom and dad's faith or whatever. When when it became your faith. When he came into your life. See, when, when that happens, a miracle takes place. An absolute miracle takes place. Romans 4.16 says people receive God's promise by having faith as we trust in him. Here's the third thing to write down is grace is available to everyone. It's available to everyone. Here's what Paul said in verse 8. He says, what's more? The scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said this. All nations will be blessed through you. Let us never be the church that believes that we exist for us. We are not here for us. We are here for the world who needs us. That's why we're here. 
That's why we're a part of this. And I've been to those kind of churches. They're self-focused. And the, the people who came and brought that woman who was caught in the act of adultery to Jesus in John chapter 8, and they said, hey, look here, here's a sinner for you. Woo! You want to hear what she's been doing? And, and so they brought her to Jesus, and they said, now you know what the law says. Our law says she should be stoned. And Jesus said, well, I'll tell you what, let him who's without sin throw the first one. And the Bible says one by one, they left. And he turned to the woman and he says, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they've all left, Lord. And he said these words. He said, neither do I condemn you now. Go and sin no more. Let your life be changed. Let it be transformed. And see, this is the lie of the enemy that tries to tell us, well, well, you know, I, I was born this way. I was born this way. Well, guess what? We all were. We were all born this way. I was born this way. You were born that way. And all of us are bent how many know that? Do I need to call out your bend? <laughs> We're all bent. And Jesus comes along to help straighten us out, to help our bent places to get straightened out, to help us to see clearly, to help us to think rightly, to help us to get on the path that will lead to life and eternal life in him. And, and so he, he does that, and, and we don't have to do it. I, I don't have to do it. I don't have to come over and say, you need to straighten up. You need to fix that. Because here's what I know. If you get in an atmosphere where the presence of the Holy Spirit is, he can bend what nobody else can bend. He can straighten it back out. He can come along and speak to you. Has he done it for you? He's done it for me. When I come into his sometimes it's here, sometimes it's somewhere else, and the Holy Spirit just comes and begins an inside job. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's an inside job. It's an inside job. It's an inside job. Romans 10, 13 says it like this, everyone who calls on the name, everyone and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So all I do is I come in, and I say, God, change me. I surrender all to you. Oh, God, help me. Change me. Uh, eradicate those things that, that are wrong in me and those things that are leading me on a path of destruction. I don't want that anymore. Free me. And you know what? God has the power to do that today. Here's the fourth thing to write down. Is grace comes only through Christ comes only through Christ. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who's hung on a tree. I, I, you know, I know the world's changed a lot and people, you know, are all fuzzy and, and you can't really tell where people stand and things like that. And, and you know, I think maybe today somebody under 20 can help me out here. But, uh, but I think... Maybe today still people will say something like this. Well, I'm a spiritual person. What does that mean? 
here's what I've learned. It can mean a lot. And it can mean about nothing at all. And everywhere in between. And so it's not enough to be a spiritual person. Of course you're a spiritual person. You were born that way. Jesus breathed into man, and he became a life-giving spirit. He, you're not a squirrel. Some of you act nuts, but you know, I had to say that. But, but you're not that way. You're, you're, you're a living spirit because of how he created you. Now, now, what happens is, is the only way to tap into your heavenly father, Jesus said it like, I didn't say this, he said it like this. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to my father except through me. I'm it. Now, you say, well, that sounds narrow-minded. Why, why is it going to be? No, it's simple is what it is. It's not complicated. And also, the reason why Jesus is the only way to your heavenly Father is because he's the only one who ever paid for all your sins and took them on the cross and hung on them in embarrassment for your sake and took your shame and your reproach and took it upon himself and died for it and then punctuated it by rising from the dead three days later to prove his point. You're forgiven, you're washed, and you're cleansed. See, Jesus is the only one who's really dealt with the problem. Other gods just tell you what you need to do. And Jesus showed you what to do. He became the payer for your sins. And here's the last thing. I'm going to skip a couple verses, guys. Follow with me. Grace is extended through eternity. It's extended through eternity because here's what he did. He covered all sin for all time. He, he covered past, present, and future. Isn't that awesome? How many, how many of you, be honest enough, maybe just won't go this high, but you know, you, you have a past. You know? Some of you are proud of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, hit the paper. Might as well raise my hand, you know. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's the good news about Jesus is he forgave everything you've ever done, ever thought, anything that happened yesterday, last week, last month, last year, last decade, in college, or whenever it was, and you're still embarrassed about it, but thank God he removed it as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. It's all gone. That's good news. That's good news. But, but here's some good news. Here's some good news. This is, it gets better. It gets better. Hang on. Because today, he forgives everything you've already done and everything you're thinking about doing <laughs> and things you don't even think about that come out of your mouth or whatever. You know how it is. 
And he's already forgiven those. But hang on. Get ready. Because he's forgiven everything. Because some of us are going to need it this week. There's some of us that no matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I want to be perfect, no matter how much I want to keep everything under control and my tongue just only says good, says good stuff, I only think great thoughts, I'm always thinking about Jesus all the time and speaking words of greatness about God and whatever is all good is all, oh, I just always, you know, love on everybody, especially people in traffic and whatever, you know, I'm just, oh, oh I'm just always living that way, oh, but I'm telling you, chances are for some of us this week, it won't take too many days and we'll need some grace and we'll need some mercy and we'll need some love from a God who forgives yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. It's eternal forgiveness. See, he said that that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, I'm a whoever, so are you, that whoever would would believe in him, that put your faith, your trust in him, you wouldn't perish, but you'd have eternal life. All you got to do is trust him. That's it. You just trust Him with your life. See, grace is not just doing what you ought to do all the time. It's it's better than that. It's, It's when grace gets active in your life, you begin to do what you want to do. You want to honor Him. You want to serve Him. You want to give. You want to serve. You want, you want to live for him. You want to tell people about him. Because his grace is so amazing. Right? It's so amazing. And the Holy Spirit begins working in your life. And today, my prayer is, God, let that same spirit work in us. Right? Let it work in us. Is he working in you? Is he working on you? I hope that he is because all it takes is to invite him in. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the life-transforming power of grace. Some of us are here. We tried it a different way. We tried to obey. We tried to be perfect. We tried. Some of us walked out because of that. But God, thank you that because of your transforming power, you did what no other power could do. We've never been the same again. Help us, God, to shine that light to others. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Craig, I want other people at work. I want other people in my neighborhood. I I want people around me to just know how good God is because they can look at me and just know if he saves somebody like me, he can save somebody like them. How many have joined me in that prayer? May God use me at school, at work, or wherever. Father in heaven, I, I thank you for every hand that's raised right now as we just lift it to you and say, God, if you can use anything, use us. Help us to be an influence to others around us. 
It's not about giving people a list. It's about giving people a living Savior. And Lord, we ask that you just use us this week even to allow somebody else in on that grace. Maybe you're here, others of you, while we're still praying. And maybe you don't feel 100% confident of your eternal life in God. Maybe you, you only heard or thought there was a 51% heaven. And now to hear that, wow, I can be 100% sure. I can be 100% positive that if I were to die today, I would go to heaven. I, I want to know that. I want that relationship with my heavenly Father that was provided for me through Jesus Christ. I, I want that. I need that in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, yes, it's me, Craig. Yes, 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 I see those hands. Yes, back there. God bless you. Over here, God bless you guys. Down here, over here, God bless you. All right, hands around the room, about every section. So church family, just pray with me. Just repeat these words after me, especially those of you who raise your hand as you invite the living God into your life through Jesus and what he did on the cross. And I'm telling you, if you do this, if you just trust him today, your life will never be the same again. Just pray this with me. Just say, dear heavenly father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay my price for my sins. I believe he paid it in full. There's nothing I can add. But today I accept it. And I receive it. And I ask you to wash away my past. And forgive me of my guilt. Change my life today. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and accepting me as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on. And let's praise God right now. So awesome. So awesome. Listen, listen, so important to show on the outside what God's done on the inside.